Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning, Salem. Welcome to Palm Sunday here at the Salem Baptist Church. We'd like to invite you to stand as we begin our worship experience. And what a day it is to hail and praise Jesus as the King who comes in the name of the Lord, the Lord himself, to acknowledge and proclaim that Jesus is the Messiah and the King and the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. Amen. The scripture this morning comes from Psalms 118, verses 21 through 29, and it reads as follows. I will praise you, for you answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for another day, another opportunity to worship and praise your name. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Emmanuel, God with us. And so we lift our praises and our time here today to you, not just today, but our week, our lives. Bless us as we worship and praise your holy name. We pray all these things in the matchless and blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Put your hands together and praise the Lord.
Somebody shout, he's great. Come on, let me hear you shout, he's great. Come on, clap your hands this morning. Salem, we're glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Come on. Yeah, 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 come on, I live 
praise and I'll praise you, Lord. I'll praise you, Lord. Everybody, come on, see, yeah, yeah. Come on, y'all. I lift my hands to give you glory. Say, I. Praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord. Come on, see, yeah. 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 Come on, I lift my hands to give you glory. And I lift my hands, Lord, to give you praise. And I'll praise the Lord. For lifting my head, Lord, I praise you, Lord. For being my strength, God, and I praise you, Lord. For being my present help, Lord, I praise you, Lord. Nobody greater than you, and I praise you, Lord. For your goodness, Lord, said we praise your name because you've been faithful, because you've been faithful, because you're a healer, said you're a healer, said you're a strong tower, strong tower, we can run to you. And find safety. We'll praise you, Lord. We'll praise your name. How many come to praise him this morning? I'll praise you, Lord. I'll praise you, Lord. I'll praise you, Lord. I'll praise you, Lord. Somebody lift your hands this morning and give God glory. Come on, open up your mouth and give him glory. He's been a faithful king. Come on, he's been a faithful king. Come on, can you lift your voice like the trumpet that you are and blow your horn this morning and give the Lord praise for the Lord's goodness, for the Lord's kindness. Come on, give him glory. Let's give him glory this morning. Savior. Just a little bit, just a little bit. 
When you help us say help us family, it's time for prayer. What a privilege it is to come before our Savior and our Helper, the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings, directly in prayer. Amen. What a privilege it is to know that the creator of the universe hears us, listens to us, speaks back to us. What a privilege it is go before the Lord in prayer corporately and collectively as a church body this morning. And as we prepare our hearts and our minds for prayer, we want to remember the victims in the community of Nashville, Tennessee. Another senseless violence and school shooting occurred there earlier this week. We want to pray for our communities, our country, our world. We also want to pray for those who solicited our prayers and are on the prayer list. Those hospitalized. Sister Gloria Brody. Mother Juanita Cross. Sister Kaynette McNair. Sister Mary Thomas. We want to pray for those on our prayer list. Sister Rosie Allen. 
Sister Mary Frances Moore, Sister Rashawn Scrogans, Sister Araya Smith, Sister Margie Johnson, Brother Langston Anderson, Brother Rashawn Benton, Brother Samuel Billingsley Sr., Brother Brandon Cole, Brother Odie V. Coleman, Brother John Hogan, Brother Larry Hunt, Brother Quentin Moore, Brother Frank Stewart Sr., Brother Bill Williams. We also want to pray for those that have experienced loss in their family. Sister Emma Devers in the loss of her sister, Frances Ruth Burton. Brother John and Mother Cassandra Neal in the loss of his sister, Cynthia Neal. Sister Shirley Jordan in the loss of her husband, Bill Jordan. We will now be led in prayer by Deacon Fairley. Thank you, Grace and Mercy. 
for reminding me that there's good times and bad times. Reminding me that you can be with him in all types of situations. I thank you for my family experiences. I thank you for telling me that trouble don't last always. For those are going through things, trouble don't last always. Joy will come in the morning. I thank you. I thank you for my valley experiences. I thank you, Lord. Yes, I'm standing. I'm standing in the need of prayer. And I know, oh God, your issues may be among us, may be great. But there's room at the cross for everyone. I'm standing, I tell you. I'm standing in the need of prayer. Thank you, God. I one thing I found out from grace and mercy that I can have joy in the midst of my storm. I thank you for my joy. In the midst of my problems, in the midst of the storm, there's an unspeakable joy. I feel the joy right now. I thank you, God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for my ups and downs. God, I lift up those who have lost homes in the storms and the earthquakes. Have mercy on them this day, God. Give them the peace and understanding. Put your arms of mercy around them. I pray for the leaders of our country, God. They need to hear from you and listen to you. I pray for our military, God, that you have given us that protect us from day to day. Have mercy, Father, we pray, oh God. I pray for our pastor, the shepherd of this flock. Oh God, we thank you for him. We thank you for the leadership that he gives of God. We thank you for the powerful message that he brings to us this day. We thank you. We thank you, oh God, for everything. Oh God, I just like I started this prayer this morning, I end the prayer in the same way. I'm standing, I'm standing, God, in the need of prayer. Thank you, oh God, for the opportunity to just stand one more day in the need of prayer. And I close this prayer the way I open it, God. I will stand until my change comes. Change will come in the morning, God. Change will come, God. So we thank you for it. We ask these and all blessings this day. This day. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I take my seat. I take my seat. But remember, God, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help that I know. And I know what the song said, if you draw your hand from me, where shall I? God will never draw his hand from me. Let us hold on to his unchanging hand. No matter what you face this day, hold on to God's unchanging hand. I close, oh God, I'm standing in the need of prayer. Go with us and guide us and keep us in your care.
In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, and welcome to Salem News. 2023 is our year of renewal, and it's our prayer. You'll have a meaningful encounter with God today, because here at Salem, we believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Here are this week's highlights. Salem family, we hope you're planning to arrive early for our 2023 Resurrection Sunday production entitled The Bloody Cross. Join us next Sunday on Easter at our 10 a.m. worship experience as we bring to life the ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The music and fine arts ministry will lead us in a celebration of our Lord's resurrection. You don't want to miss the opportunity to celebrate our redemption and salvation on Resurrection Sunday. As we enter Holy Week, the church administrative offices will be closed on Friday, April 7th, in honor of Good Friday. The church office will reopen on Monday, April 10th. And join us as we prepare for our upcoming 101st church anniversary on Sunday, April 23rd. This year's theme is The Journey Beyond the Centennial. Our special guest preacher will be Dr. E.L. Branch. Pastor Emeritus of the Third New Hope Baptist Church of Detroit, Michigan. We want to see you here as we prepare for this exciting celebration of 101 years of ministry here at Salem. Attention, Salem Doctrine Diggers, the Young Adult Ministry will hold a paint and praise outing Sunday evening, April 23rd at 5 p.m. at the Highlander. Participants will need to pre-register online and pay a $5 fee. Please contact Minister Brandon Whitaker for more details, including registration information. Well, here at Salem, we have many exciting opportunities and events, and we want everyone to get connected and get involved. To stay up to date with all church opportunities, visit our website, SalemBC.org. Also, you can like us on Facebook, Salem Baptist Church Omaha, on BoxCast, or subscribe to our Salem YouTube channel. I'm Cerise Cole for Salem News. Sure hope you have a great day and a blessed week. Good morning, Salem. Those both in the sanctuary of the Salem Church and those in our virtual sanctuary, we are grateful for you joining us for worship on today. We want to take just a moment to recognize our guests, those who are visiting with us in worship on today. We're going to ask you to stand. We're not going to ask you to say anything. We're not going to ask you to do an Easter speech or anything of that nature. We just want to recognize you if you are our guest on today. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I'm so glad to have each and every one of you in worship on today. We pray that this would not be your last time that you would once again here at the Salem Baptist Church. Uh, please remember all of your weekday.
is interesting that the book of Genesis and the Gospel of John both begin with in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 reads, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 reads as follows. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Who is the word mentioned here in John chapter 1? The text plainly states that the word is God. But John elaborates further by identifying the word even more clearly when he wrote in John chapter 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word is Jesus. As an integral and essential part of the Godhead, Jesus was present on the first day of creation when the words, let there be light, and there was light, were spoken. In the opening portions of the book of Genesis, only the Godhead was present, supernaturally creating something out of nothing. Consider this. The one who said, let there be light, is the one who thousands of years later said, give and it will be. Jesus says so in the first phrase of Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. Here in Luke, Jesus addresses us as believers. He gives us a creative role to play in the grand scheme of things. If we obey and cooperate with him, we can walk in the abundance we were created to enjoy. And even though we're involved in this, it is supernatural. By giving in faith, we do the natural. God adds the super to our natural so that it will be given to us. Once we understand this, we know giving does not cost. It supernaturally comes back with a big bonus. As we give today, Consider that the second phrase of Luke chapter 6, verse 38, comes with a reminder. In the second phrase of that verse, it says this, For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. As you prepare to give on today, repeat these words in your heart. Lord, I believe your promise. Today I give confidence that it will be given to me. Amen. We continue to compel you to trust the Lord with tithe and offering and those who are not here presently who are in virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church. We want you to know that there are various platforms by which you can give. You can mail your tithe and offering here to 
good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. Put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to come at this time as we move forward in worship. Praise the Lord, everybody. This morning, we are blessed to have a guest with us. Um, her name comes from Sister Monica Lecture. Um, she hails from the city of Nashville, Tennessee, by way of Memphis, Tennessee. And so um, she is a true blessing to the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, did a stint with Kirk Hart and Kirk Hart Ministries with Johnson Center for Gospel Folk and Music. Done so many things across the music industry. She's a true blessing um, to the body. 
Your way 
don't want to praise him. Hey! Come on, lift those hands in this place. Come on, let's bless the name of the Lord. Let's bless the name of the Lord. Praise God on today for this wonderful gift of the body of Christ. Amen. We're going to give you all a break from Ezra chapter 1 for a couple of weeks. Or just a couple of weeks, but we shall return. Mark chapter 11. We'll use surrounding scriptures. Mark chapter 11. Beginning at verse 8, again, we'll use many of the surrounding scriptures. Mark chapter 11, beginning at verse 8. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And then those who went before, and those who followed, cried out, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who came, who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David, who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, the importance of the preview, the importance of the preview. I can remember when I was young, well, younger, that my sainted mother would squeeze out enough financial resources take me and my younger sister, Sonia, to the movies. It was me and Sonia because my older siblings had jobs. And Ronald Reagan was famous for his concept of trickle-down economics. But there were not many 
dollars tricking, trickling down from my siblings to me and Sonia, except for Vanita. And I hope Reggie and Jerome are not watching because I'm going to be in a little bit of trouble here. But you have to understand my father was and is so financially frugal and savvy. He's always been able to, as the rap pioneer Grandmaster Flash said in his lyrics in the song entitled New York, New York, Brother Galen, to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Well, y'all know y'all know that song, right? So my father was frugal, and my mother was at the same time practical and creative. See, before we left home for the movie theater, my mother would give us a talking to. Some of y'all know of what I speak. The talk went something like this. Not getting any milk doves, not getting any Snickers, no hot tamales, no popcorn with butter, no nachos, and no pop when we get to the movies. She would go on to say, I'm telling you now, so don't ask me then. Then we would watch her get together the snacks she had convinced us that the movie theater could not rival. I see some waving hands out here. <clears throat> some Ritz crackers with some pieces of unevenly sliced cheese. Some potato chips purchased from the corner store and some non-brand name pop that simply said cola, grape, and orange. She would strategically place and position those items in her purse. Then we'd set out for the movie theater. Told you she was practical and creative. One of the things that always thrilled me in my younger days was it seemed to me we were able to get the biggest bang for the buck if we arrived early. You see, not only were we able to take in the thrills of the movie that was the main attraction, we were also able to gain a level of anticipation and expectation for movies that had not yet been released what we called at the time movie previews, of course, we called them movie trailers now, uh, they were a small sampling of what was to come. As blockbuster movies would, uh, they would be released in the future. And of course, the featured movie was the main attraction. However, there was an appetite that had been created for upcoming attractions even before you enjoyed the feature film. 
does this connect and correlate with the Sunday we celebrate as Palm Sunday? How does it connect and correlate with the Sunday that causes us to remember, recall, and reflect on the Lord Jesus and his triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem a mere few days before his crucifixion and a week prior to his resurrection. Well, if taken in context, there is a preview to the Palm Sunday parade that's recorded in the text on today. There's a preview to the Lord's triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. And to a great degree, the preview plays a part in the perspective we must have when observing Palm Sunday. Now, in just a moment, I will speak of the importance and influence of the preview that takes place prior to the Palm Sunday parade. However, to further put things into perspective, we have to press rewind past the section of scripture found immediately before the recounting and reporting of Palm Sunday and spend a moment to take into account what Jesus is internally, mentally, emotionally, and, and spiritually experiencing in his life. Imagine all of the internal conflict the mental strain, the emotional stress, and the spiritual consternation that Jesus was experiencing when he had to pause on his journey with his disciples and explain to them the horrors, hostilities, and hatred he would face as described in Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 34, where it says this. They were on the road going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was going before them, and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Now Jesus, in essence, gives his disciples an anguish Field, agony saturated, affliction laced pep talk. Now I know you're asking the question, Pastor, how can you call this a pep talk when Jesus talks about being scourged and being spat upon, mocked, and ultimately killed? What kind of pep talk, Pastor, is that? Well, it's because Jesus does not pull any punches about what he would be a victim of, and yet he closes that section of scripture encouraging his disciples by clearly conveying what he would be victorious over. Y'all missed that. Go back on Facebook, rewind it, and get it. 
You see, someone needs to take a lesson from this short, short section of scripture that I just read in Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 34, because Jesus did not end his communication with what he would be a victim of. He concluded his communication with his disciples, stating what he would be victorious over. He ends his, this section of scripture by declaring on the third day he'll rise again. So Jesus admits he would be a victim of unwarranted disrespect, unmerited discipline, and an unjust death. But the pep talk ended with him declaring he would experience an unprecedented victory as he was raised from the dead. Now, Whitaker, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, and I'm committing the cardinal sin of preaching, which is proclaiming the victorious resurrection of Jesus before Passion Week and Resurrection Sunday, but I just can't help it. I just have to talk about it ahead of time because it reminds us of what the Lord has promised us because of that victorious resurrection. I would stop now, but I'm already too far in. You see, uh, that victorious resurrection causes me to think of the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 through 57, where it says this, So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is writ written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Understand, Jesus was not just a victim of. He was victorious over that victory is a blessed benefit of being a part of the Lord's family. It is a motivator and an encourager to hold on to the Lord with all your faith and child of God when you can't hold on any longer. Allow the Lord to hold on to you. Because in the end you will be like Jesus victorious. And I know I need to get back on track. I need to get back on track right about now, talking about the importance of the preview to Palm Sunday, but someone needs to hear that on today. Do not live your life concentrating on the things you are a victim of. Do not allow what you are a victim of to violate the vision the Lord has given you for your life. Do not allow what you are a victim of to destroy your destiny. Do not allow what you are a victim of to frustrate your faith and disturb your dependence on the Lord. Remind yourself that you are victorious over 
You are triumphant over. You are not simply a victim of. You are victorious over. You are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. You were reminded on last week, and it's apparent someone needs to hear it again on this Sunday. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Remind yourself, just like Jesus, you are victorious over. Now, Brother Farmer, I'm a little ahead of myself. I know I'm a lot ahead of myself. Uh, but uh, I guess I can say that was the preview to the preview. Now I want to look at the preview before the Palm Sunday parade. Preview before the triumphal entry of Jesus into the holy city of Jerusalem. And that preview was found in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through, uh, beginning at verse uh, 42. The same preview is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 through 34, and Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 43. The preview to Palm Sunday's parade is a miracle of monumental magnitude. It's a miracle of epic proportions. And the first thing we observe is this. The preview proved Jesus' power. The preview proved Jesus' power. Now, if you've spent any time reading the Gospels that record and recount the earthly ministry of Jesus, it is evident that Jesus has power. Fully God and fully man, he had power. His power was evident in his presence. It was evident in his teaching, evident in his preaching, evident in his authority. The power of Jesus was evident. Once again, this short, short section of scripture describes a display of the power of Jesus. Now, there are several elements that could be lifted to highlight his power, but this preview plays a part of what is yet to happen on that Palm Sunday over 2,000 years ago. I want to suggest the power of Jesus is proven because he displays his power to hear. His power to hear. I know that seems unimportant and insignificant, but for those who call on him, it's of utmost importance and significance because the text suggests he has the power to hear because he hears the one who had heard. All right, you ought to write that down or tweet it or whatever y'all do with the Instagram, y'all. He hears the one who had heard. Now, I know I know if I was sitting out there, it wouldn't make sense to me either, but I'm going to try to make it make sense. Read verses, I'm going to read verses 46 through 49 of Mark chapter uh, 10. It says, now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy 
on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him, be called. Notice what's conveyed in this text. Blind, begging Bartimaeus is found fulfilling his daily petition, appealing to those who would travel by his solicitation spot to spare a few coins to assist him in his pursuit of sustaining himself. And the Bible says Bartimaeus heard something. He heard that the multitude that was making its way out of Jericho was blessed to have Jesus as a member of the crowd. I want to suggest this was not the initial time that Bartimaeus had heard about Jesus. I want to suggest that by word of mouth, the miracles of the ministry of Jesus had made its way to Bartimaeus' attention, and he began to use what he had. The Bible says he cried out, and it's clear that Jesus heard the cry of one who had heard about him and his miracle working power. Because verse 49 says Jesus stood. Yes, he did. He stood still and commanded him to be called. And someone should feel a shout rising in your spirit at this very moment, knowing that Jesus hears those who have heard about him. Oh, if, he, if you've heard about him, he hears you. And in your time of distress and suffering and sorrow, I want to let you know that he hears you. I love the way the psalmist declares it in Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2. It says, I love the Lord. Because he's heard my voice and my supplication. Because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. Yes, child of God, he hears the one who has heard. And, find, and, and, and child of God, I want to let you know if you've heard about him, he hears you when you call. And the good news, just like for Bartimaeus, he stops when he hears your cry. But I want to add to that on today, uh, that he hears those who have heard about him. Uh, but Sister Johnson, it shouts me because he hears you over your haters. He hears you over your haters. Now, I hate to bring this to your attention, but haters are not a recent phenomena or development. Haters have been around a long time. They may have different names. And as a matter of fact, in this text on today, they is the title they carry. Listen again to verse 48 and 49. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy. So Jesus, look at this, stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they, 
those same haters called the blind man saying to him be of good cheer rise Jesus is calling you imagine that the same they's that had told him to be quiet had to end up being the same they's that informed Bartimaeus that Jesus had heard him and one thing you need to learn child of God some haters cannot help themselves they have to make noise about what's going on in your life and yet remember the power of Jesus allows him to hear you over your haters uh, I know I'm over time I'm over time uh, but I could spend some time talking about those days that are in your life have you ever heard somebody come to you and declare they said well I want to tell you they is standing right there in front that's another sermon that's another sermon so he proves his power by the fact that he heard but he proves his power through his power to heal Jesus stops situates himself and stands steady ready to address the situation of blind Bartimaeus Jesus inquires about Bartimaeus status he hears Bartimaeus supplication and prayer and he shows his power to heal. Listen again to verses 50 through 52. And it says, And throwing aside his garment, Bartimaeus rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and follow Jesus on the road. I'm almost finished, y'all, for real. Y'all be patient with me. And I'm glad today that Jesus has the power to hear, and it shouts me that he has the power to heal. Uh, we limit his healing power because we think that Healing is only dealing with physical ailments, illnesses, and diseases. But I've stopped by to tell you, he can heal your mind. He can heal your hurts. He can heal your heart. He can heal your soul. Somebody ought to rejoice that the Lord has the power to heal. Minister Montague, I love the way that Clara M. Brooks penned these words. The mighty name of Jesus has wondrous healing power. He'll banish your diseases, be healed this very hour. He suffered death to free us. Our resurrected Lord will send the healing stream to you when you believe his word. There is a bomb in Gilead, a great physician there, for Jesus died on Calvary, our sickness to bear. Then ask in faith believing his promises are true. Doubt not, but come receiving. There's healing right there for you. I want to let you know he has power to heal and somebody here in the sanctuary of the Salem Church, someone listening or watching right now has a great testimony that he has the power to heal. And so the preview 
prove Jesus' power to hear and to heal. But the preview prepared the participants. The preview prepared the participants. Now understand the preview. Again, the preview to this Palm Sunday parade was Jesus displaying his power to hear and to heal. Now, as Jesus entered the holy city of Jerusalem, uh, there had to be some participants to make his entry into the city appropriate to fulfill Zechariah's centuries-old prophecy of him riding into the city on a colt of a donkey. It's described in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, where it says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Understand, there had to be a crowd to escort Jesus as well as someone willing allow, to allow Jesus to use their coat. Or, or yes, there had to be someone to accompany Jesus into Jerusalem. And because of the importance, the power, and persuasiveness of the preview of Jesus healing Bartimaeus, all who were necessary were willing, able, and prepared to participate in this Palm Sunday parade. Listen again to Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. It says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. And he said to them, go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a coat tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the coat tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to him, What are you doing loosing the coat? They spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their clothes on it and he sat on it and many spread their clothes on the road and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The owner of the coat and the adoring crowd willingly participated in this Palm Sunday parade because of the powerful witness of the preview of the healing of Bartimaeus. Ah, oh, family of God, and that's what should give, uh, be the, the case when the Lord gives us a preview of his might and his potency and his power and his strength. It should prepare us to participate in lifting the name of Jesus. It should energize us to participate in glorifying his name. It should invigorate and inspire us to participate in magnifying his name for all that he's done and all that, and all that he is. Listen, their willingness and their witness was a testimony to the power of Jesus. And you shouldn't mind participating when you've already seen what the Lord has done. 
tonight I'm finished. But I can't finish this narrative without getting to the praise, y'all. It's right there in the text. Because we see the preview proved Jesus' power. <clears throat> the preview prepared the participants. But the preview preceded the Palm Sunday parade. Understand, praise is in order. And it's order because of what Jesus had done. The miracle of healing blind Bartimaeus and because of who he was, the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Liberator, the very Savior of the world. As I said, praise was in order. Praise was on the agenda. L listen, I, I want to share with you those who had gathered for this Palm Sunday parade were not afraid or ashamed of lifting praises to the Lord's name. And they lifted up their praise as they entered into the city. Listen to what the text says in Mark chapter 11 verses 9 and 10. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That's what the choir, the praise team just sang. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna was an acclamation. It was a shout of praise. It was a shout of adoration. You see, what Jesus had done in the preview, healing Bartimaeus, caused them to praise in the present. You see, what they had observed in the past caused them to praise in the present. Somebody missing, someone's missing what I'm trying to tell you on the day. What, what they had observed in the past caused them to praise in the present. Uh, for somebody that didn't get it, let me say it one more time. What had happened and what they had observed in the past caused them to praise in the present. Our child of God is Palm Sunday. And there was a crowd in Mark chapter 11 that decided they were going to praise because of what they had observed in the preview. Uh, they, they just declared that I got to say something. Uh, but about what I've seen and who he is. Now this is an entirely different sermon, but I want to throw this in. You do remember, the Bible says that Bartimaeus, after being healed, followed Jesus on the road. Uh, which means Bartimaeus was very likely a part of the crowd that escorted Jesus into Jerusalem. 
In other words, Bartimaeus started testifying about what the Lord had done for him. And when somebody heard his testimony, they started shouting about what the Lord had done for Bartimaeus. Deacon Morris, it reminded them of something that the Lord had done for them. And then they started shouting and somebody else heard their shout. Somebody else heard their praise. Somebody else heard their testimony. And they started thinking about what the Lord had done for them. And it became a domino effect. And that's how it ought to be, child of God, every now and then. You ought to go ahead and praise the Lord so much that it becomes a domino effect. And somebody ought to hear your testimony. Somebody ought to hear your praise. Somebody ought to hear your adoration. And when they get through hearing your praise, yes, Lord, you ought to go ahead like we did on the playground. Yes, Lord, we find somebody near us and we tap them and tell them, now you're it. Do I have a witness? I don't know how you feel about it today, but I'm going today to tag all of y'all and tell y'all you're it. Do I have a witness? Somebody ought to give the Lord some sure enough praise because of what he's done and because of who he is. Well, I gotta take my seat and leave y'all alone. But in the parallel recording of this triumphal entry, in Luke chapter 19, there were some church folk who took Jesus to the side and said, these folk are making too much noise. They're shouting too loud. They're praising too intensely. Uh, tell these folk uh, who saw the miracle uh, of blind Bartimaeus uh, to stop shouting so loud. Uh, stop praising so loud. Uh, but Jesus uh, had a reply. Uh, if these don't shout, uh, the rocks will uh, cry out. Uh, I don't uh, know about you uh, this Palm Sunday morning uh, in 2023, uh, but no rocks uh, are going to cry out for me. Every time uh, I think about uh, what he's done for me, uh, I will uh, bless his name. I will give him praise because he's worthy to be praised. Is there anybody here who knows he's worthy? Shout worthy. Shout worthy. Yeah, worthy. Yeah. 
worthy, worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun. I said from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the Lord is worthy to be praised. I said the Bible says, I said the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I don't know how you feel about it, but I will say so. The Bible says, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. That means you, uh, you and you, uh, give him glory, give him praise, uh, shout hallelujah. I said shout hallelujah because he's worthy uh, to be praised. Uh, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. Yeah. I'm gonna leave it alone, y'all. But I, I just got one more in me, Deacon Bruce. Doors of the church open. The invitation is extended. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Doors of the church are open. Oh, yes. We praise God that we're able to extend this invitation because of the power of his resurrection. Because of the power of his resurrection. Because of the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah to the Lamb today. And even as we extend this invitation, the Bible reminds us in Romans chapter 10, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we extend the invitation even now. If you're here in the sanctuary and you've not made your own confession of faith, you've not trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is your moment, this is your time, this is your opportunity to come forth and give your life to the Lord. Or if you're watching or listening, you want to be a part of the family of faith here, at the Salem Baptist Church, you can give us a call at 402-455-1000, option three. There's someone waiting to hear your voice. Oh, what a wonderful thing it would be able to say each and every year that Palm Sunday is the anniversary, the birthday of me giving my life to the Lord. And so we extend that invitation even now. Why don't you come?
even as you're seated, you see the invitation has been extended. We have the privilege and honor on this day of sharing in one of the two ordinances the Lord has left the church. The ordinance of this Holy Communion, this Lord's Supper, allows us the moment to remember and reflect on what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us all. We celebrate because of the power of his resurrection. And even now, once again, we're able to revisit in our minds the agony and anguish that our Lord endured, not because we deserved it, not because we earned it, not because we merited it, but simply because of his love for us. So as we prepare to receive these elements that are symbolic of the Lord's broken body and shed blood, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Lord, we are grateful and thankful on this day for your goodness, grace, and mercy toward us. We thank you, God, that even as we were on our way to hell, you decided because of your love for us to take our place to die in our stead on Calvary's cross. We thank you that you looked beyond our faults and saw each and every one of our needs for a Savior. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for his broken body. And we thank you for his resurrection. And even now as we prepare to share in this Holy Communion, this Lord's Supper, we pray, Lord, that you would prepare us to receive these elements that are symbolic of his broken body and his shed blood. Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we receive this now, knowing that we love you because you first loved us. We lift this prayer to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.
crucifixion Jesus instituted this Lord's Supper this Holy Communion the Bible declares that he first took the bread blessed it and broke it and declared to his disciples take eat this is my body let us commune together and likewise he took the cup and declared this is the New Testament in my blood which is shared for many for the forgiveness of sins let us commune together. Let's bow our heads. Again, Lord, we are thankful that the power, the blood never loses its power. We thank you for the healing and saving power of the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the privilege to remember what you've done for us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for this worship experience. We thank you for the word that has gone forth. We might be empowered as we face a new week. And now unto him who's able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy. To the only wise God be glory, dominion, and power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead. We want to see you next Sunday at 10 a.m. for our resurrection.